crazy, crazy stuff. The center, it's, it's Groundhog Day, and we will have uh, an early spring. This is what, what Ponsatani Phil said, which means nothing in Texas because we, Texas weather obeys neither groundhog nor natural law nor nothing else. So, yeah, Pennsylvania is like, I can't wait to see what, what you know, Ponsatani Phil's going to say. And Texas is like, whatever, you know, just, I'll just bring a coat and flip flops. I, I don't know. I'll probably need both. Um, also, uh, also a momentous occasion. I promise there's a message and I'm going to get to it, but also a momentous occasion because I'm not using my iPad today. I am using a Bible. I know. My father-in-law is like, he's been redeemed. Actually, that's crazy because this Bible uh, was given to me by Bill Hart on Christmas 2013. Yeah, right. Um, and I just, I, I think it's just really cool that, uh, I don't think it's cool that I haven't used it since 2014. <laughs> but shortly after receiving this Bible, I, uh, I started using an iPad because it's, it's lighter. Um, and I can get the ERV on it, the easy to read version. Um, but I, all week long, so we'll be in Second Chronicles 6, by the way. Um, and all week long, that's where I've been, because uh, I felt like there was something in there that I was supposed to share today. Second Chronicles 5 is a, is a big, big chapter for me, and so I go there a lot, but I was in Second Chronicles 6 and 7. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I need to... This is in the New King James. This is better than in the ERV. So I'm going to pull out the New King James. I'm just gonna, I'm going to use my Bible, and I pull it off the shelf, and I've my bookmark was at Second Chronicles six. I kid you not, it was at second. It was exactly where I'd been all week. So let's go somewhere else. That's probably not. That's, we're not going there. That there's an, God's not trying to tell us anything. Um, awesome. So in the, in thinking and, uh, and praying and just trying to receive what it was that God wanted to, for me to share this morning, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, it's been kind of a difficult process because I don't, um, you know, this may, this may be the, the last time before things transition that I get to speak. So I mainly just didn't want to screw it up. You know, I wanted it to be okay. You know, I wanted it to be the okayest message that you've ever heard. And, and so, but, but along those lines, I mean, I, I, I also was trying to be very conscious of, I, I, people are, uh, when, when we talk about transitions and moving, moving forward with things and, and changing from one way to another way, it's very emotional for a lot of folks. And what I didn't want to do was bring a message that was, uh, that was going to, you know, some people I'm sure are like, don't tell me how to deal with this. Let me just deal with stuff in my own way. I don't need a message with you telling me how to, how to deal with this. I didn't want that to happen. I also didn't want people to say, you didn't talk about it at all. And it's the biggest thing going on right now. So I figured in the end, I would just like read the Bible to you. Because then you can't get mad at me. You have to get mad at God. And I'm good with that. 
I'm, I'm an, I am going to read, but I'm also going to share a few things that the Lord was uh, sharing with me. Uh, because we do have, you know, a very notable, for our church, a very noted, notable change coming up uh, that we've been talking about here for the, you know, for the, the last month. Um, and I, re- I got I to be real honest because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people over the last, you know, few weeks especially. And everybody uh, has been just so wonderful and, and gracious and, and asked me, how are you doing, Darren? How, is, how are things going with you? How do you feel? Um, are you worried? Are you concerned? Any of those kinds of things. And so just I, so I can say it over a mic in front of everybody, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And I really appreciate it. And I feel, uh, I feel the love from the, from the body and people wanting to make sure that Jennifer and me and the kids and, and all all of the leaders are, are doing okay too. Um, I got to say that it's the biggest, the biggest evidence to me personally that God is in control of everything that he's doing here is because it wouldn't be my tendency just to have a tremendous amount of peace with everything changing. But I do. I just have a tremendous peace and and a joy. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not, and don't take this the wrong way, but I'm not really sad either. I I know some people are, and that's fine. Be be however it is that you need to be. Um, I'm just talking to you about me, but I'm not sad. I'm just expectant and joyful and peaceful. I love new things. I love new things. And, uh, and so I was thinking about this change, this movement, this transition that we're going through. And it brings me in here to Second Chronicles 5 and 6. Because the Israelites had a huge transition that they were going through. The transition of leadership from David to Solomon. The end of a king who had been king for 40 years and moving into his kid... You know, who, uh, you know, God said he's going to be the king. Okay, well, we'll go with this too. And I just was, I'm, I love reading the, about the dedication of the temple and the prayer of Solomon and how he approached and how he positioned the people around him to be able to really go for what God had next for them. And as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm reminded not only, and this, this message today is not only about, you know, a union of a couple churches. It's not only about what we're going through right now. It's about change and transition that happens to us our entire lives, right? Because when you're a temporal being and you're serving an eternal God, it happens every now and then that his plan takes longer than your life. So every now and then, God's plan is not going to be accomplished the way that I thought because I'm thinking everything he's doing needs to be accomplished in my timeline. Everything that he's, you know, if I'm going to be doing this, then I should be doing it forever because that's where I have my comfort or whatever. But God's, God's eternal. God's playing a really long game, right? And we get to play our part, and we get to do what we do for him and we get to serve him and, and he gets to, you know, he gets to have us along for this journey that he's planned since before any of us were born and that he's been building and, and moving through generations and ages and all. We're, we're a part of something eternal, which is amazing, right? Um, and, and, and I love that. And I love that, that Solomon and, and David 
see that as well. Uh, so let me start here in uh, in Second Chronicles. So let's start in Second Chronicles five, chapter uh, yeah, chapter five, verse thirteen. And this, we, we sing a song about this. I wrote a song with, based on this. Uh, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one. Now, this is the dedication of the temple when Solomon has gathered everybody together. There's like, there's all the musicians and all the priests. And it mentions er, earlier on in the chapter that the priests sanctified themselves and then, uh, and then stood together uh, outside of their normal separations outside of their normal statuses, like the different priests doing different kinds of things. They, they just did away with all those restrictions and they sanctified themselves and then all stood together at the dedication of the temple. All of the uh, musicians, all of the singers, all of the tribes, all of the elders representing all of the people. And then just everybody just all together for the dedication of this temple. And verse 13, indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And the version that we sing is written from the ERV. So it says, uh, He is good, his faithful love will last forever. So that's what we're singing. We're singing that scripture. Um, so when they all gather together in one heart, one purpose, one intention, and they all made this song together, singing one song, he is good, his mercy endures forever. Then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So one thing I love about this whole transition between these to leaders, this transition for these, this people is that it begins in worship. It begins in worship. Uh, the, one of the greatest benefits of living a life where you go through changes as a, as a believer, it really puts you to the test with where have you placed your faith? Where have you placed your trust? Where have you put all of your eggs. What basket are all of those in? Because I got to be honest, if, if the Lord is changing something and, and it really messes me all up, then I got to wonder to what degree was my faith in the Lord and to what degree was it in situation? If my faith is entirely in God, then it doesn't matter. And I know we all say, it doesn't matter, I'll follow you anywhere. But honestly, we get tied to stuff. We get used to things. We get comfortable. And, it's, and, and, and there's nothing really inherently wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying and loving and, and embracing and living to the fullest the situation and the place and, and the status and the whatever that God has put you in. But when our faith, when our trust, when our hope, when our love, when our confidence is all in that. And the Lord says, hey, I'm, I'm on the move. Then we find ourselves shaking. We find ourselves shaking because we have to re-examine. We have to think, okay, Lord, how much, how much of this was me just, how much of this was me relying on you and how much of this was me relying on the thing you created for me? Right? And so worship gets us out of that. If we're really worshiping and, 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 uh, you know, I, 
I just can't get away from it. I have to talk about worship at some point when I come up to speak. So worship gets us out of all of that because worship at its core is acknowledging there's, there's one who's greater than I am. And I'm going to give him all of my attention. And I'm going to give him all of my focus. And I'm going to, as much as possible, I'm going to invite other people in to do it with me. You know, But worship gets us out of the mentality that, that brings us doubt and fear. Worship gets us out of expecting... Uh, Worship gets us out of expecting our joy, our peace, our our love, our faith, all that kind of stuff to come from the things that we see. And instead we tap into the one who we can't always see, but we reach into him and and he meets us at that place. And he, he provides the answer to all of those needs. He eradicates that fear. He eliminates that doubt. He restores the hope. He, he ignites the joy. And so what we see here in, and I know I was going to read, but I haven't read much, but in verse 13 and 14, this is a time of big change. And so Solomon and David understand because they're worshipers. David's a worshiper. He understands, okay, the only thing that we can do, the, the, the only thing we can do to really kickstart this and move it in the right direction is put all of our focus on him and understand that it's him that's good. His mercy endures forever. His plan is long lasting. His grace is, is unfathomable. His joy is, un, you know, it's whatever else is a superlative word that you could put it there for his joy. Um, it's everything, right? So when they put their focus there, instead of worrying down and fear about what's going to happen, something happens. Verse 14, or end of verse 13, the house was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of God filled the house of God. So the priests could stop worrying about the job they had to do because the Lord said, I'm going to take care of that in this season. I'm going, to move, I'm, going to, I'm going to move things forward. Once you rest from these labors for just a moment, put your focus on me and I will make this way straight. I'll smooth out this path. You don't, don't you worry about a thing. Somebody. Because every little thing is going to be all right. We should totally sing that after service. That would be amazing. All right. So then Solomon spoke. What a great opening act for a, for a speech. So then Solomon spoke and he said, the Lord said that he would dwell in the dark cloud, but I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Verse three, then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth to my father, David saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. Nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people. Yet I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be here. And I have chosen David to be over my people. Now it was in the heart of my father David, Solomon says, to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, and you did well in that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son, who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. And so the Lord has fulfilled his word which he spoke. 
And I have filled the position of my father, David, and I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there I have put the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with the children of Israel. All right. Um, Solomon's prayer of dedication is super awesome, really fantastic. But to save everyone a bit of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to recap it. So if you skip ahead, right, if you skip ahead to verse 40, 2 Chronicles 6, this is it in a nutshell. Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Verse 42, Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed and remember the mercies of your servant David. Just a couple real quick things about this prayer, because when you go back and you read it, I know everybody in the room is what more, far more well-versed in this than I am. So when you go back and you read it, um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So he, they begin in worship, and then Solomon uh, leads sort of a... a he leads the people of, of Israel in remembering what God has done for them already and how what they're experiencing now is actually just a continuation of what the Lord spoke way back then. And the Lord saw fit to bring, I mean, David could have died at any time, right? It could have died there with David if the Lord hadn't been with him because he was a man, as God says, he's a man of war. He's, his job, his function in this long-term plan was to prepare a safe place, was to confront the enemies, was to do the battle, to get his hands dirty so that there could be a time when the house of the Lord would have, when the Lord himself would have a place where he could put his name, right? It wasn't David's job to build a temple. It wasn't David's job to do this dedication. It was David's job to take authority over the principalities and the powers of the land. To clear out, to make the way of the Lord straight, to, to partner with God so that his son could be a man of peace and that God's next phase of the plan would be ready to roll. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And even though Solomon mentioned this, even, st- even though it was in David's heart, I just want to build you. He, he said, you know, as he's, he's out on campaign, the Lord is walking around in a box. The Lord of all things is in a box. We're carrying him around in a box. He needs a place to be. And it was in his heart to build a temple for the Lord. And so Solomon references this in, in his dedication. And he says, it, and, and it was, it was, wait, where did he say it? The Lord said to my father in verse eight, Whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Because the things that we see in the natural world, where do they begin? They begin in the heart. Everything you see, every invention, every creation, all those things inspired, inspired um, by God that we see in this natural world, they started here. They started here. Right? And so God says, David, it's good. It's good that that was in your heart. And even though that's in your heart and it's not discounted, it's not, uh, I'm not making that null and void, but your role here is different than that. 
but because it's in your heart and because of the promise I made you, because I, because I promised you that your kingdom would be going on forever and that eventually the Savior of all mankind would come from your line. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor that covenant I made with you and I'm going to honor what's in your heart and there will be a temple. There will be a place I can put my name, but it's going to be done by your son. And that's what we see going on here. So Solomon, in this moment, what, is, what does Solomon do in this, in this transition time? He, first of all, begins in worship. Second of all, he brings to his remembrance and thanks God for the things that he has done. The way that he has set up the situation so that, he, you know, we always say, thank God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. And that's all this is. God, I thank you for your covenant with my father, David. I thank you for protecting him and for keeping him safe and for putting a vision and putting a dream. I thank you that you preserved him. I thank you that through him, you were able to build this kingdom so far. And I thank you that you set things up so that now I can step in to the role that you have for me. And I can continue on that which you started way back when. God's playing this long game. A transition is not an invalidation of what came before. A change doesn't mean that God didn't care about what happened. A change means that God has built successfully on a foundation of what we consider the past. And he's ready to do the new thing because well done, good and faithful servant. You built something that I can build upon. So let's get to building. That's what a change is. That's what a transition is. And that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. And Solomon's prayer, so beautiful. So he's thanked God for what was. Thank you, God, for what you've done. And thank you for what you're doing. And then the prayer, which is such a beautiful, compassionate prayer, is simply this. If for any reason, God, your people should fall short, because we all fall short. If for any reason we should sin against you, I pray that if they turn back to you, that you would hear and that you would forgive them and you would heal them and you would restore them. If ever, and when he says your people, he's talking about us. So if this prayer is for us. If ever your people find themselves in battle, if they ever find themselves up against an enemy, And they cry out to you. I pray that you would hear from heaven and that you would go and you would champion their cause. That's for the Israelites. That's for you. His prayer. I pray that if anyone comes from a foreign land and they don't know you and they come and they make a prayer in this place. Oh, that's a powerful verse. I love that verse. Where the heck is that? Can I say where the heck in church? Okay. Verse 32. More. Here we go. Verse 32. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and they pray in this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. His prayer is not only for the people who are there right now, but he's saying, God, thank you for the thing that has been. I cherish it. I love it. I embrace it. I'm empowered by it. 
I could stand on it. I thank you for what you're doing right now in the middle of change and transition and all of that. And I thank you for what you're going to be doing for people I can see in this room and for people who are out there who have not even stepped in the door yet. His prayer is, God, I pray that anytime we confess to you, anytime we ask for your help, anytime we ask for your protection, anytime we are confused and we need your clarity, God, hear from heaven in this place where you've put your name and heal and restore and revive. That's awesome. And I know that I, without even knowing it, without ever, have ever, without reading this in my life, I know I've been the beneficiary of this prayer. I know I've received from what Solomon prayed, what he asked God. Whew. Amen. And now, look at verse seven. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter seven, verse one. This is what happens when you move through a transition, you move through a change. And once again, this is not just about our church or one chapel and where we're all going to, right? This is not about that. This is about a loved one who passes. That's a change. This is about a job that you lost. That's a change. This is exactly right. I know. Jen knows. This is about, this is about conflict in relationships. That's a change. This is about an addiction that you have. This is about a problem that you struggle with. This is about, uh, this is about blessings. This is about victories, right? Because sometimes we don't handle those well. This is about winning the lottery. That's a change and a welcome change, I'm sure, right? Everybody would like that if you win that. Remember that I said it here. Probably set that in motion for you. Um, but this is about any change. This is how you roll through change and come out victorious on the other side. There's a transition coming. Oh, no, I don't know what to do. What would Solomon do? WWSD. I think maybe I'll just begin in worship. Because if I begin with my doubt and my fear, then I've already sort of set my course for how this is going to go. If I begin in worship and I just ascribe glory to God and I just thank him for all that he's done. And I, and I just bring to my remembrance and my spirit, all the blessings of my God. Then I'm set up in the right frame of mind to take on anything that might happen to come my way. And then I, you know, going through transitions, I begin with worship and then I proceed into remembering the benefits and the blessing and the covenant of God. Because I, uh, Oh, Bill just walked out. Um, because I was talking with Bill Reed a few weeks ago and he said, yeah, I just, you know, God's when he changes something, he always gives you an upgrade. So talking in AT&T terms, like former AT&T guy, like, and, and, and it's so true. I hadn't thought about it that way until Bill said, he said, yeah, well, God, it's, everything's fine. Cause when God changes things, he gives you an upgrade. Like, That's awesome. Think about things in those terms. He gives us an upgrade when we ha- when we're open to it, when we've set ourselves up to receive it. So we begin in prayer. Then we thank God for the things that he has done that have brought us to this place. We remember the covenant. We remember that my God has never left me or forsaken me. Why would he start now? That would be very poor PR. 
He should, he wouldn't do that. That's just a dumb move. So I thank God that not only has he been with me, but his promises are that he will be with me forever. And I remember the personal promises over my life. And well, God, that hasn't happened yet. So clearly this is not a bad thing. We're moving forward, moving forward towards the promise. And then, and then the last thing that Solomon does before we get into, uh, into chapter seven is he blesses what is to come. Glad nobody was standing there. I just spit right there. He blesses what is to come. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know exactly geographically and specifically when we're talking about like a change in churches. I don't know geographically exactly where everybody is going to be led by the Lord. But I do know this. You need to begin to bless that place before you get there. You need to begin to declare blessings over whatever house you want him, whatever house you want him to lead you to, right? Not that it's of your own deciding, but Lord, wherever you want me to go, I bless it right now. I, I speak blessing over it. Lord, I pray. And Solomon's prayer is all about that. Lord, if anybody there is in, is in doubt, is in fear, is in trouble, and if they call out to you, I pray that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal them. I pray, God, that your blessing would be upon them. I pray that the, the, that the pastors and the leadership, that they would be refreshed and they would have a clear vision and that they would, and they would be protected from every sort of attack. I, I, just, I pray blessing over the people of the house. I pray for their, for their finances. I pray, for their, you know, I pray for, for their relationships. I pray for the kids, God. Begin to bless the place that you're going. Pre-bless it before you get there. And when we follow these steps as Solomon followed, take a look at what happens. Chapter 7. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven. And it consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord, again, filled the temple. And the priests couldn't enter the house of the Lord. They really got a day off, actually, today. They're not doing nothing. They, like, sanctified themselves. It's like, well, God's going to do it all. It's all good. Uh, so the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and they praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endures forever. And you see how it all comes full circle. And I got to believe that they began in worship. They began enthroning the Lord They set their hearts right. They were grateful for what was. They were expectant and grateful for what was to be. That led to God saying, I'm really excited about the way you guys are handling this. And blessing them. And they received that blessing from the Lord. And it turns it into praise. Turns it back to worship. And if we look at things cyclically, then that worship just starts the cycle all over again. And that's how we move as the Lord says, the word says from glory to glory to glory. Amen. Two more quick things. I promise two more quick things. Um, So, so many times in Solomon's prayer, he says, this place where you have put your name. 
And he's talking about the temple. He's talking about the physical temple. But, but what, what I love is that I see, looking back, I see this through line. God promised David, your kingdom is going is to go on. You keep your heart turned towards me and your kingdom will go on. David passes that on to Saul. I'm not Saul. Saul, Saul, Solomon. I'll edit. I'll edit that in post. It's no problem. David passes that on to Solomon. You keep your heart turned towards him and he'll continue to bless you and he'll move you forward. And his, his kingdom will move through you and beyond. Uh, And what I see now is, you know, we've, we've seen the fruition of that in, in Jesus, right? Jesus comes and changes once again, changes everything. And now this prayer has a much different meaning when I read it as a new covenant, new Testament believer, when he says, if any prayer is made from this place where you have put your name and that's not a building anymore. God's gone from being in, he's really upgraded, really. He's gone from being carried around in a box to hold up in a, in a building. And now he's in a body, right? He's written his name. The place where his name is written, thanks to Jesus, is now on that heart that you have in your chest. The place where his name is written, the place where all of this in this prayer comes to fruition, the, the place that's the conduit, that's the, the, the transition point from things going, from being in the spirit to being in the natural, that's on your heart. That's where his name is written. That's the place. And so his prayer back then was about a building. His prayer now is, Lord, if any of these people who are called by your name, whose name is written on you, you've chosen to put your name on them. So if any of them is facing an enemy, is facing a a fear, is facing a doubt, if any of them is confronted by anything, and if they humble themselves, if they call upon your name, hear them from heaven and come and heal, come and restore, come and bless That's what you carry. That's what you carry. And that's why it's not sad that David had to transition out of a role. And Solomon had to transition into one. What would have been sad is if they hadn't listened to the Lord and they had kept on doing what they wanted to do and his plan stopped. That would have been sad. What I rejoice in is that they recognized And maybe that's why I started out talking about why I have so much peace. I've just got tons of peace about the season that we're all about to go into. And, 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 and it's a beautiful thing to know and to be able to see, to be at a, at a point in time when you can see, okay, God is really doing something. He's really doing something and it's, and it's different and it's maybe not what I expected, but he's in it. And he's in it and he's in it. And what would be really sad is if we allowed something else other than his word and his leading to determine how we respond. Right? So specifically, I, I, feel, like, I, I feel like I was supposed to talk about that today. I also feel like specifically I'm supposed to say I, I just I really I want to encourage everyone because we, you know, Pastor mentioned we've got. What, March 29th is going to be our final service here. Um, as, you know, as Austin Cathedral, as we know it, whatever. 
I didn't mean whatever. That actually sounds really rude. Um, but as, as Austin Cathedral, March 29th is this like natural cutoff date, right? But what's happening here isn't just in the natural. What's happening here is in the spirit, right? And what's been deposited in each of us from having been here is in the spirit. And that doesn't stop when a door gets locked. That doesn't end when you happen to be meeting in a different building. That doesn't end because God, hopefully I made this clear, he's not in a building anymore. He's in a body. He's in a body. And so March 29th is going to be really, I think, a beautiful day. It's going to be a bittersweet and emotional day, but it's going to be beautiful. But then the following Sunday, I just really want to encourage you, Listen to the Lord. Follow where he's leading. And wherever that happens to be for you, of course, selfishly, I hope that no one ever leaves the place where I am. So take that into consideration. I, I don't want to feel sad, and you probably don't want to see me pout. But anyway, follow where the Lord is leading you. And when, you're, when you've got that assurance and you know where that place is, Pray into that place. Bless that place before you get there. And when you get there, there are plenty of people that show up at a church and they are determined to receive something from God. I want you to be someone who shows up at a church determined to give something into that place. All right? Can we do that? Can we be the people who takes what has been deposited into us And instead of going someplace and evaluating and determining whether we like what we're getting or we like what, if God has led you there, then he's led you there. Be planted and sow and pour in. If God leads you to a place, then no holds, no holds barred, you know, just dive in determined to be planted, determined to be rooted, determined to spread your branches out, determined to sow into that place with your faith, with your prayer, with your finances, with your time, with your energy, with your heart. Determined to do that. And then it, it won't be sad at all when we look back years from now and we think, oh, well, that ended. It'll be joyous because we'll see what happened because of that. Well, I look back now and I think I'm so glad David didn't hold onto the reins too long. I want to be able to look back in 20 years and say, I'm so glad we decided that we were going to follow God and lead that transition. Because look at everything that's been planted in the city because of that. Look at the, look at the word that has been fulfilled because of our willingness to move with God. You know? Amen? Good. Okay. So, um, I want to... I want to just, man, this is heavy. <laughs> I got to work out on the left arm, just using that. Um, yeah, so I, I want us, as we, as we move forward, and again, I know we're still all experiencing a lot of emotions, uh, some, some to varying degrees, you know. Um, it's okay to experience those, those emotions. Feel however it is that you need to feel to be able to move forward with what God has called you to do. Okay, um, but set your will, no matter what it is that he has you called to do after 
this season. Set your will to bless his name and set your will to bless the place that he's leading you to because then he will have won victory. He will have won the victory and he will get the glory. And it will be a testament to others who see, you know, and say, wow, we didn't think that that was going to work. We didn't, but look at the fruit. Look at the blessing. Let's be a part of that. Let's be a part of that. Amen. Thus endeth the message for today.